Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It is Tuesday, July 7th, 2021. A lot of sevens there. 7-7-2021 seven, seven, is three times seven. So lots of sevens today. Praise the Lord. Things are completed. Things are good. Trust you had a great weekend and you were able to appreciate to some degree the celebration of the 4th of July. I had a little bit tougher of a weekend in that reality Uh, The patriotism levels went so low um, that I actually neglected to share the sermon that I wanted to actually share, and I'm not sure exactly what that was all about, but I know that 250 American citizens over the weekend were killed in the United States of America. 99 people were shot in Chicago just over the 4th of July weekend, and again, let me repeat the number, over 250 people were killed in violent acts. Police officers were shot in Houston and in other places. So it was a very violent weekend for a lot of people. Here in Northwest Arkansas, we spent some time with our family and we looked at the uh, beautiful display of fireworks, which is always wonderful. And uh, that was good. But again, my patriotism was waning terribly. So I did not share the sermon of the founding fathers. I had about 30 quotes from the founding fathers of America. And rather than sharing their optimism in my spirit, I could only see their agony and their pain that what they fought a revolutionary war to achieve had become such a uh, situation that I truly believe they would have said, I, you know, we didn't sign up for this. This is not what we fought, died, and bled for. 
And so that was kind of going on in my heart today. One thing I think we should do, and I'd like to do today, is actually read the Declaration of Independence. I asked my grandsons the other night, I said, do you understand what the, de- the signing of the Declaration of Independence was all about? Do you understand the Stamp Act? Do you understand taxation without representation? Do you understand the Boston Tea Party? Do you understand the grievances that were uh, written out against King George III? Do you know why the 13 colonies of the United States of America at that time signed this Declaration of Independence from the power and control of Great Britain? And so, you know, these are things that are associated with our history, but we live in a culture today that our history is being eradicated. You know, every one of those statues that were pulled down, whether people liked them or not, there was a history behind them. Those statues actually told a story. And so the story of America is being rewritten, no doubt, in this last generation. And we are losing uh, a consciousness of who we really are as a people. In fact, if you go to the archives, the National Archives, and you were to look at the Declaration of Independence in its present form, uh, a preserved document, one of the most valuable preserved documents in this country, well, it is diminishing so badly that you really can't even make out what is being read. I mean, it is fading. And when I saw the fading of the Declaration of Independence, I thought in my spirit, this is the fading of the glory of the United States of America. It is being eradicated, it is being diminished, and we have stood by in a generation and watched it happen before our eyes. Uh, Most of us were totally sound asleep, uh, not even realizing it was happening at a particular time in our lives, and then suddenly we were awakened by the power of the Holy Spirit. We looked through the biblical lens at the signs of the times, and we were amazed. And we're here today, and we're living in a totally different world. It is a new world. And that new world order is present, and there are uh, some arrivals that are ready to take place in our nation and around the world that we need to be very cognizant of. So, um, again, the Declaration of Independence, if it was really understood. Now, remember, in, in my belief system, the, the fading and the diminishing of that document is speaking to the fading and the diminishing of a people in this nation that would actually do what was done in 1776 when the Revolutionary War was fought. Uh, We do not have, I mean, we have external enemies, but nobody really knocking at the door, you know, with their military powers and armies. It has been a very stealth jihad against the United States of America, a very underground movement, uh, people that have blended into our society, that have brought another agenda, whether it be socialism, communism, Islam, uh, or a number of other ideologies that are not consistent with the American values and the principles that we once stood for. And that's very unfortunate because we've seen it get out of control. I mean, these elements have always been around, but in our generation, particularly in the, just the last few years, we have seen an acceleration that has basically gone uncontested as the Supreme Court of the United States has cited with particular agendas that were not healthy for our nation. And that is just a simple reality. We talk about it all the time here on this broadcast. So I thought what I'd like to do is just share a few of the notes that I had, uh, not necessarily the quotes of the founding fathers, although those quotes were absolutely amazingly Christian um, and, and their ideas and their desires were so rich uh, for what they had fought for. 
Um, however, let's just take a brief look at the actual Declaration of Independence, okay? What was it? Well, in Congress, July 4th, 1776, here is the Declaration of Independence. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. So in other words, what the founding fathers were saying in the Declaration of Independence is that they were knit-tied, they were bound to Great, uh, Great Britain through politics, through government, through taxes, through all of that, and they are now going to give a respectful, decent reason as to why they are compelled to separate themselves from any and all controlling powers coming from Great Britain. Let me finish my sentence a moment ago. America is not being threatened by military powers from around the world externally. Again, we have been infiltrated through a stealth jihad in every fa fabric of our society. So the real war that makes it different from the revolutionary war that we're fighting is not from an external foe. It is internal forces that are at war within our nation. And we boast that the way that our government is set up, that we could have one form of government come to power, but then after a few years, it has to give way to another. But in reality, what we're witnessing is the stability of our nation is virtually gone. And with each new coming principality or power, uh, we shift. The shifts are so dramatic. And now we are living, uh, no doubt, we are living mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, um, in a most divided nation, and we do recall the words of our Lord Jesus Christ when he said, a house divided cannot stand. And so the, the navigation of how to fight this battle, how do you fight a battle within your own nation amongst your own citizens? I mean, you have a left-right paradigm that is completely split, and you have two opposing forces that are both unmovable and unstoppable, if you will, and so how do you really navigate this? Well, thank God that we Christians have a higher constitution than the Constitution of the United States of America. That's being ripped to shreds, by the way. Thank God we as Christians have a kingdom that we have already received, a spiritual kingdom. And thank God we Christians have a king who is already enthroned. We don't need another king. We don't need another president. We don't need another senator or congresswoman or, or a judiciary. Our king is set, and we live to serve our king. And that's a beautiful reality for Christians today to understand the biblicity behind that statement. So they're going to give the reasons why they need to separate themselves from Great Britain. And the Declaration of Independence continues this way. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, 
that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What was the intended purpose of those particular words? Well, it's very clear. They were saying, we are men created in the image of God, and we are all equal as a human race, and it's not right for you, Great Britain, to be ruling over our lives, subduing us, taking control of us through taxation, through governmental force, through intimidation, or any other way. The founding fathers came up with this, and this is brilliant, and I know it's Holy Spirit-led, that, again, all men are created equal. In other words, you don't have any right, any authority, any power to rule over our lives. We are all equal. And what government should be is a servant, public servant service. Okay? In other words, government by the founding fathers was to serve the people. Now, we also know that the founding fathers said uh, this government that we are giving you, which is a republic, will never work unless it is given to a moral and religious people. If it's not a moral and religious people who uphold the virtues and the values of common decency, of the laws of nature, the laws of God, the laws of morality, the laws of normality. I mean, if you're not going to accept just the natural moral laws of nature itself and nature's God, then this, what we are giving you, will have no meaning. It will be dissolved. It will be broken. It is not intended for immoral, wicked, unrighteous, you know, legislation, thought, idea, mentality. And in America, we had laws protecting our society to that very end. We had laws that said no to abortion, no to homosexuality, no to pornography, no to a lot of different things. The F, uh, uh, coming out of Hollywood, there was no to vile language, no to bad images. Uh, it was a more sanctified, more moral, more pure moment in the history of our nation, except for in this generation. And so they continued on. That to secure these rights, and what rights were they again? It was the right for every human being, an unalienable right endowed by their creator. So in the Declaration of Independence, the founding fathers added into it the creator. And I love that because in Romans chapter 1, there's the creator and the creation. And the creation in Romans chapter 1 denied the creator and they went off into their own foolish vanity in their minds. Well, we have certainly done that in this country, but not so with the Founding Fathers and the Declaration of Independence. Their intended purpose was to let the nations know that the, 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 the creation of America came from the Creator God, who gave to all men these unalienable rights. And what were they? The, the, the Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In other words, I'm going to pursue the dreams that I have to live a happy life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I am going to uh, live. I'm going to have life. I'm not going to live in a culture of death. I don't want to be morbid. I don't want to be under control. I don't want to be a slave. I don't want chains on my neck, chains on my feet, chains on my wrist. We are going to have life. We are going to pursue what is happy. And we're, we want liberty. So the whole idea 
to the Declaration of Independence and, of course, the Constitution of the United States. Everything designed within those documents was for liberty, but not the liberty of licentiousness, not the liberty of immorality, not the liberty of criminality, okay? It was the liberty to live free, to pursue a life in a protected society, hallelujah, a protected society from evil things. Now, we knew that. We had that wisdom for over 200 years, and that's, again, why our legislative branch of government and the Supreme Court of the United States upheld laws that protected our society from immoral things. I mean, people are always immoral, but to legislate immorality into the society was unthinkable according to the documentation that we have from the founding fathers. Okay, so this idea that this, con- this, this declaration simply means we all have the freedom to do whatever we want. Well, if that were true, then we would have the freedom to kill. We'd have the freedom to rape. We'd have the freedom to steal. We ha- we'd have the freedom, and supposedly the documents would preserve us and protect us from any accountability because we live in a country that we're declared to be free to do what we want to do. That was never the intended purpose of the Declaration of Independence, the mind of the Founding Fathers at all. It was to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, now here's the Declaration, to secure these rights in in, in Great Britain, you were not affording these things. You were killing us with taxes. You were putting us into bondage. We were your little minions and slaves like Pharaoh. We were the children of Israel building your pyramids. Well, it's not going to be that way, said the Founding Fathers. So to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. In other words, you don't govern the, 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 the citizens. The government isn't to have control. They govern according to the consent of those who are being governed. So what they were saying is that we're going to select a government that's going to watch out for these powerful truths, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness in a moral society that has been created by God. That is what it is saying. So if the government does not protect the governed from immorality, unrighteousness, uh, evil, If they begin to open the doors and legislate immorality and promote what is wicked and godless in our society and has a negative effect upon it, and you look at the fruits of what one generation has become within our nation, which we were not since before this generation, okay, so we see the ugly fruits of a government that is no longer serving according to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of this nation, So again, the purpose of the government was to institute or to be instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, always giving it to the people. We, the people of the United States of America, it was the power was given to the people. Now we have a major problem in our nation because you have two sides. You have a divided nation and both sides believing they have just power, that they are the ones giving power. So one side of our nation is giving power to an administration that loves abortion, loves homosexuality, 
loves pornography, loves all these evil things, corruption, promotion of what is totally offensive to God, the creator, thinking they, themselves to be God. Then you have another side of our nation, the conservative Republicans and whoever else are standing up going, wait a second, this immorality is unrighteousness. This immorality is threatening my life, my pursuit of happiness, my liberty. I don't feel liberated any longer to live the life that I want to live in the pursuit of happiness. I can't even send my kids to school anymore. I can't send them to the movie theater anymore. I can't do anything anymore everywhere. You know, so you have this division going on, and that's what we're witnessing in our nation. This is very uh, critical to any country that would find themselves in this position, and it was simply because we allowed a government to come to power, whether it was a shadow government, whether it was the deep state, whatever you want to call it, there was something else governing behind the scenes and very craftily, very serpent-like, establishing and promoting things away from what was originally intended. Now, it continues on that whenever, listen carefully to the sound of the founding fathers, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, now, if you think shedding the innocent blood of 90 million babies in your society is okay with God, you're wrong. If you think that's okay, you're wrong. If you think that's right, you're wrong, right? So whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, life, number one, to murder 90 million babies is to steal the very most precious life that was ever intended. It should be the most protected, valuable reality in the womb of a mother, the most protected that needs more protection than any other living thing than a baby that's being formed in the womb. So they're saying that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, homosexuality is a destruction. If you don't believe me, just go back in history and find out Every time a nation that became great and they allowed homosexuality, lesbian, sexual perversion of every kind to come in, it made their brain sick. It gave them a sick mind. And utter perversions began to be displayed from the human nature of man. And when society opened the doors, it was no longer any restraint. And you heard of the craziest things that went on in societies. It's happening in our own society today. So, whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. Now, listen. We just witnessed in the year 2020 a part of this nation doing this very thing. Watch this. In 2016, when Donald J. Trump was elected the president of the United States of America, actually possessing a genuine birth certificate, that he was really a legal president within this nation. Okay? There were no issues about his birth certificate. He was an American. Okay? We knew that. In 2016, while he was being elected, and even before when he was running, we saw riots breaking out. 
within our nation. We saw people jumping on police cars, fires being started, violence in our streets. And then when he became the president, we saw a continuation every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week of the, what we call the left making war against the Trump administration. In other words, what they were doing, they were employing what it says right here, that it was the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. So in the left's mind, they thought Donald Trump and the administration that he was bringing to power in the United States was a bad deal. So they decided not only in 2016, but definitely going into 2020, when the, the, the another year was coming, that they exploded throughout this nation. When the pandemic came, they were willing to kill millions of people just to get that man out of office if need be. They were willing to kill nearly 2,997 people on 9-11-2001 to have their achieved purpose, whatever it takes for them to do what they want. So they were able to inspire nine, ten months of pure, unadulterated mass rioting, violence, bloodshed, fires burning in our cities, defecation in the streets, taking over businesses, ruining people's lives that they had been laboring a whole lifetime to achieve a business. They destroyed it. They were violent. They were creepy. They were godless. And there it was on the news every single night throughout this nation, throughout 2020. And nothing, zero. Let them vent, they said. What was really happening is the left was employing the Declaration of Independence from their perspective that they were going to abolish and they were going to alter the governmental power, which was the Donald Trump administration. And they did it. They tore down the statues. They rioted through the streets. They rampaged through the streets. They did it. And then they brought Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the left came to power. They did it. And most people now on the right are wondering, what do we do? You know what's so funny about the left that just did what the Constitution says to do in a backward setting? Because they're all for immorality. They're all for abortion, homosexuality, lesbianism, and all these perversions. They're all for it. So it's a twisted sense of reality. But you know what's amazing? Nobody knew who was leading them. There was no president leading them. You couldn't put your real finger. They all said, George Soros, George Soros. Maybe he had something to do with it. I'm sure he did a lot to do with it. But he wasn't the leader of the movement. Nobody knew. So why do the people on the right, why are they waiting for the, somebody to lead them? Don't they know that the Declaration of Independence has already told them that it is their responsibility, yea, it is their right, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government? So what the left did was a pure perversion of the Declaration of Independence is exactly how the devil works all the time. He takes the word of God, he turns it into a lie. They pervert grace. They twist the truth, right? So that happens. So he did this with this. We saw it happen before our eyes. 
And yet we are to have the right to alter or abolish this form of government. You see, and the reality is the truth, the pure, unadulterated truth, according to the Declaration of Independence, is the people of this nation who love life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, with virtues and values of morality, righteousness, the natures of law, you know, all these good things, just decent behavior. We don't murder innocent blood. We don't shed it. We don't kill babies. We don't think it's normal for men to have sex with men and marry men. And we don't, we don't believe that, right? So we would be more consistent with the view of the founding fathers than the left. But the left took a document and did what the right refuses to do. So what should be happening, and be careful because it's diminishing. You could hardly make it out anymore in the archives, right? So let me go through one more time that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Did you hear it? The founding fathers were actually telling the moral people of this nation who had just been suffocated by taxation and control and all these things, people uh, getting to a higher state saying, we're going to rule over you. That's not the government that was ever to exist. All men are created equal. You're not there to govern over me. You're there to support me and to serve my ends of morality, that which will bring safety and happiness. I want to ask you a question. Is America a safe place today? 250 people were murdered this weekend. 99 people were shot and killed in Chicago. 58 people were going to a concert in Las Vegas. They were assassinated, shot and killed 58 people. 17 children went to Parkland, Florida to go to school on Valentine's Day, were shot and killed. 26 people in a Baptist church in Texas went to worship on a Sunday morning, were shot and killed. We have tornadoes and hurricanes and fires. We have earthquakes and all these natural disasters. We have school shootings, church shootings, mall shootings. People went to El Paso. Is America a safe place today? You can't walk down the street. You can't, you don't, you don't want to go to certain places. I mean, they called it Chirac in Chicago. You tell me, is it safe? And is it a happy day in America? Well, for Joe Biden's leftist homosexual agenda and the bloodletting immoralists, it's a happy day because they got rid of Donald Trump and yippee, no more restraints, no more frustrations, no more restraints of our immorality. Oh, you had the right to be free but the right to be free in your immorality is what was threatening to these people because there were people going to the court saying abortion is illegal, like in the uh, Arkansas right now, number one state leading the way, but it's being contested because of the growing leftist ideas and ideology. This is just a simple reality, right? But what did it say? They were to organize, they, they were to lay the new government on the foundation of principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall not most, excuse me, laying its foundation, organizing its powers in such form 
as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. You see, a lot of people in America in 2016 came out of the funk and the fog of disparity because there were evil powers in operation in the Barack Hussein Obama administration and even in the Bill Clinton administration and even in the George Bush administration. There were things that seemed to be moralistic, but they really made zero progress for the people of this country. Remember, the oligarchy of elites are in government today viewing the people as their sheeple that they're fleecing. Donald Trump came to power. He didn't want a paycheck. He did not want to get a paycheck for what he was doing, which was a very substantial paycheck. You and I could live the rest of our lives in pure bliss on the paycheck he would have gotten every year but he didn't take it. He fought for the people. He went back to American values, but he was warred against, and it was four years of supreme battle. He should be in the presidency right now. He should be the rightful president of the United States of America right now in the office in Washington, D.C., possessing the powers to bring the security of our nation against the evil foes of immorality and unrighteousness, but they went to war, the left, and they succeeded because the right is still a bit fluffy and flowery. And you wonder, when will the people on the right go back to the Declaration of Independence and realize the Christian moral reality? You see, this weekend, this was my message. I didn't have it in me to preach it. I don't know why. I think every ounce of patriotism left me because I have a knowledge and a knowing that patriotism in itself cannot save America. It's like being a patriot but doing nothing. And I've come to a conclusion, a reality at this point in my life that while everybody's going to these conferences and these rallies and they're patriots, they're not doing what the left did to get the job done. They're not of the same ilk as the founding fathers and the Americans of the 1700s that were willing to make sacrifices. Listen to this. They went on to say that prudence, prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. In other words, if there's been a government in power for a period of time, don't change it for light things, you know, uh, transient things or causes. That's not when you should really get worked up about anything. And they said in the declaration, accordingly, all experience has shown. See, experience, they've seen it before experience has shown. It's it's taught them. They said, all experience has shown that mankind in general are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. In other words, Americans today are accustomed to a way of governing, and even though there were light and transient changes, 
but there have been some major ones in our generation. He's not, we're not talking about what's happened in our generation. It's been accelerated exponentially, right? Well, most people are willing to suffer certain things just to keep the status quo. You know, we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to upset the apple cart. We want, to, we want things to be normal. Then the founding fathers said this, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. And I have news for you today with the stealing of the election, with the loss of the election, with the absolute whatever happened in this election, when 30 people were showing up to see Joe Biden and tens of thousands were showing up to see the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, when somebody released a Wuhan virus, a pandemic upon the people, a plan, a controlled and planned demolition of our rightful form of government, it is to write, okay? Well, evil then to write themselves. So, A long train of abuses, a long train of abuses. What has been abused? Well, the people of the United States have been put in fear by their government, by taxation, number one. The people of the United States have been made to serve the government rather than the government serve them. Reality. They've been told from the pulpit to the highest echelons of our society that it is the absolute responsibility of every person, particularly Christians, you get down and you serve that government, you obey that government. I'd like to talk to you about that today, because it's not in the Declaration, because there are abuses. Abuses to what? Abuses to our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those abuses came in the forms of legislation that began to attack the sanity of our nation. It was an abuse of the moral principles, the moral reality, the righteousness, the beauty, the good that God intended for our nation and for all the nations of the earth. But governmental powers under the mind of Satan have opposed God in a spirit of blasphemy. We're living in it right now. You're not even supposed to show up at a rally unless we come and harass you for it. That is horrible. That is abuse. In a free society, you're not allowed to show up at a rally and show your discontent? Well, let me ask you a comparative question. What was more destructive, the nine months of burning, fire, buildings, businesses being destroyed, or the one day in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. You tell me, what was more destructive? What was more painful? What was more hurtful? Well, to the oligarchy of elites, uh, to the left, January 6th was the worst day in American history. I know you've heard it before, but I'm not done with it yet. I need to say it again, because I think people are acting like sheeple 
that they don't have a brain, that they don't have a mind, they don't think, and even if they think, they don't know what to do. But the Constitution or the, the Declaration of Independence tells us what to do without any front man in leadership. The left just taught you what to do. But patriotism, waving flags, having fireworks, having a barbecue, we're free, we're free as a bunch of slaves is absolutely absurd and insane. And my lack of patriotism is what is the point of being a patriot while you're a slave in your own society, in your own backyard, intimidated by men and women in positions of power that don't belong there, and you don't do anything against it. That's, uh, yeah, that's just absurd to me. Anyways, listen to these powerful words. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, the whole election is a usurpation, come on. Now, Joe Biden doesn't belong there, for goodness sake, right? Pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, and that's what's happening to this country, and it's going to happen fast if we're not careful. And I thank God I'm a Christian. I have one king. I have one king. On this earth, I'm an American. I live in America, the greatest nation on the face of the earth, the most beautiful place on the face of the earth is being destroyed before our eyes. And to call myself a patriot and do nothing is ridiculous. So I'm a Christian. I serve Jesus Christ. And I'm waiting for Holy Spirit instruction to know what to do in this present society. Either it's been lost completely and there will be no resurgence. And I know there's people out there saying things like, oh, those people that are saying God's done with America are bad people. No, they're not. It's, it's a wisdom to see. You call yourself a patriot? What have you done as a patriot? to change the course of our nation. Nothing. You could shout as loud as you want. You could preach as loud as you want. You could put everybody down to build yourself up as much as you want, but you you have sat back, coward, watched what they've done in our nation for a year, stealing an election, and you sat down and passed wind. You've done nothing. And you sit around and you tell people, Oh, those people that say God's done with America, uh, you know, they're bad. No, they're right. Look at your country. Look at where you are. And unless the spirit of the living God raises up something to shake people from their, their death sleep, I don't know. I don't know. seems to me that America is finished. The United States of America is under judgment. The United States of America is being destroyed and is going to collapse, and you're telling people to put their hope in something that can't even do much more than pass wind, because nobody is doing anything. The left had the guts to take to the streets and do something. You're fooling yourself, and you're fooling your congregation by telling them, oh, these people that are saying America's judged It is judged. Don't you get it? It's entirely judged. And you are judged, most likely, because of your false ideas that you're promoting. Anyways, let me move on. It goes on to say that when they try to do that to you, here's what the declaration says. 
It is their right. Folks, you have a right. You have a right according to the true government of the United States of America founding fathers. You have a right. It's written, but it's diminishing. It's fading in the archival halls, so it'll be gone one day, and you won't be able to use it. But here it is. It is their right. It's your right. It's my right. It is their duty. Look at that. It's not just a right. It's a duty to throw off such government. Where is that? Where is that? We're going to do it constitutionally. We're going to do it. The left didn't. The left didn't do it by the rules of compassion and love and mercy. The left went and did something. And they are to provide new guards for their future security. The left just did it in a twisted perversion. You're not doing it. I don't care how loud you shout. You're not doing it. America is damned to failure. And you can talk all you want to talk. You're wrong. And if you haven't seen the fruits of your wrongness, you're dead. You're sound asleep. You're one of those leftover patriots that think you're a patriot, but you're not a patriot. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies. Now we get back to the 1700s. And such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former system of government. And what should be happening, what should have happened. You see, when you miss an opportunity, you may miss it forever. On January 6, 2021, those million patriots that were in D.C., they should have taken the entire city of Washington, D.C., in retrospect. Now, what are they doing? Organizing? Are they getting ready to overthrow the Joe Biden administration? Huh? We heard it was going to happen in March. It was going to happen in April. It was going to happen in June. Wake up. Let me tell you what the Word of God says about America. I'm going to stop for just a moment. Here's what the Word of God says about America. See, I trust the Word of God. I don't trust you. I don't trust you a bit. I trust the Word of God. And here's what the Word of God says. The Word of God says in Jude chapter 1, verse 5. Okay, this is the Word of God. This is stronger than you, and it's stronger than me. You ready? I will therefore put you in remembrance. Though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. He took Americans out of Britain, out of Europe. He brought all the people to this country, saved them from that stuff. Well, just like the Israelis that were delivered out of Egypt, then God destroyed them because of their unbelief. Because their unbelief promoted evil in their society. And verse 6, the angels which kept not their first estate. He's even going to talk about the angels now. 
but left their own habitation. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day, which is coming swiftly. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you remember that place? Remember what it was like? We can only imagine it, right? Well, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, not even their own, right? Are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. America is Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't you get it? NFL is gay. It's bisexual, homosexual, lesbian. There's not a female. Hello, Mr. Goodell. There's not a female football player yet, maybe in a transgender body, right? But America is Sodom and Gomorrah. You have Sodom and Gomorrah, sodomites in your own backyard, in your own neighborhood. You have sodomy laws all over this country. And you haven't seen the worst of it yet. You, you think Islam is bad, right? Wait till you see the vicious movement of the LGBTQ community. They're violent. They are vicious. They are wicked. They want to rape angels. Remember their mentality. I'm not making it up. I'm not trying to belittle them. They wanted to rape the angels, for goodness sake. They're evil. The spirit in homosexuality and lesbianism and gay and transgender and queer is evil. It is an evil spirit, masked by fairies. That's all it is. Fairies and dykes. That's all it is. A masquerade. Oh, you're, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to talk that way. I'm not. God is. He hates it. God deplores this kind of evil. Let's be clear about it. He wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. And he said they were an example. You have a nation promoting from NFL to Hollywood to every head of the beast, corporations, business, money, promoting the very thing that God despises, blasphemy. And God's going to save America? God's not done with America? No, God's not done with America in his judgment against it. And you think you've seen some bad things in the last few years? Wait till you see what's next. You're going to stop singing that little song in your little church about how God's for America real soon because he's not. He's for what is right. He's for what is moral. He's for what is good concerning the people that have come to him through the cross of his son, Jesus Christ. Wake up. It's not as finished there. Then we go back to the book of 2 Peter. And 2 Peter, he seems to agree in verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes 
condemn them with an overthrow, making them an ensample or a pattern unto those that after should live ungodly? God does not need your permission or mine to tell him what to do. You're not going to tell God to be good to America. You don't have the right to tell God to be good to America. You have a right to preach the gospel that you were given to preach. America. America, the head of Babylon. America, the great whore. America that slaughtered innocent blood, promoted evil, wickedness, debauchery, poured out their filth in the entire month of June, vomited out their shame and disgrace. America, the rebellious. And you're blessing it as a minister of the gospel and condemning people that are telling the truth? Where are you coming from? Where are you coming from? Trying to get the admiration of people? What are you trying to do? You're failing your commission is what you're doing. You're really a bag of wind that has nothing to say, that has any value. I just gave you New Testament word of God about where we are, what God's going to do to this country. Now, are we trying to impress men? Or are we standing in the awesome fear of the Lord to speak the truth? Which I know is very unpopular, but it will show itself to be true. Why? Let's get into some scripture. I want to get into scripture. I want you to know where you are prophetically. You want a prophetic unction? You want a prophetic word from the Lord? You want to know, dear prophets of God, where are we in the economy of heaven? You want to know? God's word will tell you. I want to begin in Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. Verse 12. For the day of the Lord of hosts. Get it. Write it down. Circle it. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Of hosts. This is... Isaiah 2.12, shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty and upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. So every proud nation, every lofty nation, you know what we should be doing in America right now? As my wife did on the 4th of July when we went out and we saw the fireworks with our family, you know what my wife Patricia was doing? She was sitting right next to me. I looked over while everybody's going, ooh, ah. She was weeping. Tears were running down her face. And I said, Patricia, what's the matter? And she just couldn't talk. And she just said, this is not the country that I grew up in. She wept. I didn't see anybody else weeping. It was empty and vain. The true spirit of the Lord is weeping over this nation as he wept over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How I would have gathered you together as a hen does her chicks, but you would not. Oh, America, America. How I would have gathered you together as a one people under my sovereign protection, but you would not. 
your salt is good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot of men. Woe to this nation. In Isaiah chapter 13, verse 6, the prophet Isaiah said, How will ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. How do you know it's the day of the Lord? Well, if you've been reading the signs of the times, the beginning of sorrows, remember that old saying? The beginning of sorrows. These are the beginning of sorrows. Everything mentioned about the beginning of sorrows has been accelerated and multiplied around the world. Unbelievably. It's so clear. But what does the beginning of sorrows mean? It means it's giving birth to something. Yep, it's giving birth to the day of the Lord. And within the context of the day of the Lord, if you know your Bible, it is going to bring the great tribulation. It's going to bring war. It's going to bring a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is ready to go down. And you got people trying to save America? Are you kidding me? Anyways, Isaiah 13, 9. Behold, the day of the Lord comes cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Now there's a thought. The day of the Lord is going to destroy the sinners. But where does judgment begin? In the house of the Lord. The sinners in Zion are comfortable and at ease in Zion. Oh, there's no doubt it's coming. Isaiah 46, or excuse me, Jeremiah 46.10. For this is the day of the Lord God of hosts, a day of vengeance, that he may avenge him of his adversaries, that he may avenge him uh, with the sword, shall devour, and it shall be satiate and made drunk with their blood. For the Lord God of hosts has a sacrifice in the north country by the river Euphrates. Listen. If everybody on the right, every conservative, every moralist, every patriot rose up and did what the left did with an concentrated power, guess what? That majority of those people are going to be fighting the entire global community. America will never be the same. A house divided can not stand. Do you understand the word of God? It can not stand. Jesus quoted that. You're living in a country you're a slave in. You live in fear. You live in panic. They tell you to wear a mask, you wear a mask. They tell you to vaccinate, you vaccinate. And that's just a preview. Just because you're breathing doesn't mean you're free. The only real liberty that you should have and I do have is definitely through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my freedom. Jesus Christ is my liberty. Jesus Christ is my king. He's everything. I don't need America to give me freedom. Christ has done it already for me. To bless America in its present form makes you a false prophet. To say that God is for America in his present form makes you a false prophet, makes you a liar. And you're going to stand accountable before God for your peace and safety 
rhetoric. It's not healthy. We go on to Ezekiel chapter 13. Ezekiel said, You have not gone up in the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. There are, there are those that are standing in the hedge, standing in the gap for the church to be able to go through this time of violence and vengeance and destruction that the Bible declares. Ezekiel chapter 30, verse 3, For the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near, a cloudy day. It shall be the time of the heathen. What does that mean? Time where God's going to begin to pour out his judgment. And he calls his church to separate unto himself. Come out of her, my people, lest you be partakers of her plagues. Revelation chapter 18 says it this way. Revelation 18, God talking to his people. Revelation 18, one, after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. He cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. America the great is fallen, is fallen from the Lord. Fallen to mystery, fallen to disgrace, fallen to evil. It's fallen, has become a habitation of devils. Welcome to America. And the hold of every foul spirit and cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. We send it to the ends of the earth. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. That you be not partakers of her sins. And that you receive not of her plagues. Come on. Don't tell people to hang in there, to stay in there. Don't you see it? Don't you recognize? Don't, can't you see? The false prophets always share a vain vision from their own imagination. Stop it. Nonsense. Wake up. You live in a woke culture? Wake up to the reality of God. Well, we went on in Joel chapter 1, verse 15. Alas for the day of, listen, alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. And as a destruction From the Almighty shall it come. It's coming. You've seen all the forewinds, all the previews. You've tasted it. And yet you're denying what God is saying. Don't do it. Joel 2.1, blow the trumpet in Zion. That's what I'm doing right now. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord comes, for it is nigh at hand. I am blowing the trumpet in Zion. Will you hear the sound of the trumpet? Or will you argue? You're going to go back to your little church and tell, oh, what they're saying is not true. Joel 2.11. The Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? 
lot of people think that's God's army of good people. It's locusts. It's all kinds of wicked armies. Believe me, it was not a good army. There it is. Verse 31, Joel chapter 231. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come, the day of the Lord. Joel 3.14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. You see, that's where people are right now, multitudes. In the church, they don't know which way to go. Is God going to save America? Is America going to be destroyed? They don't know which way to turn. I'll tell you where to turn. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Christ. Turn to the God of the Bible, the God of Scripture. Turn to Yahweh, Yahuwah, Yahweh, Yehovah. Whatever you want to think his biblical name, turn to his nature. Turn to his character. Turn to his authority. Turn to him. And you won't be worrying about what's going to happen. The Word of God tells you what's going to happen. Amos chapter 5:18. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. In the context of the day of the Lord, in his vengeance, destruction, wrath, there's no light in it. It's not a good day. It's not a happy day. Amos 5:20. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light? Even very dark and no brightness in it. In the day of the Lord, in the wrath and the vengeance. It's dark, but the day of the Lord is also a day of light and glory. What side of the day are you on? There's no light, no brightness in the day in the, in the area of judgment and wrath. I mean, when that happens, you cannot be standing in double-mindedness, one foot in, one foot out, undecided. No, it's time to make a decision. Obadiah 115 says, for the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As you have done, it shall be done unto you. Your reward shall return upon your own head. You murder 90 million babies in the womb. You promote evil against God. It's going to be done against you. What a prophetic word. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 7, hold your peace at the presence of the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has bid his guests. Verse 14, the great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. Connect that with Revelation chapter 6 and the sixth seal. It's there. Malachi or Zechariah 14.1, behold, the day of the Lord comes and your spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Malachi 4.5, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It's dreadful. Acts 2.20, the sun shall be darkened. That's the whole Joel part there. 1 Corinthians 5.5 talks about the coming of the day of the Lord Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 1.14, it talks about the day of the Lord Jesus again. 1 Thessalonians 5.2, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. But you're not to be caught off guard. You should be knowing right now. 2 Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, 
you're living in, if you were to take this segment of time, you're living in what we know scripturally as the day of the Lord is at hand. Folks, that day changes everything. God is sovereign and God is in control. He is in control. He has spoken and he has said. I remember back in 2001, it was September 3rd, 2001, when Michael Villarin, Paul Schumann, and I went to meet our brother John Phillips in Denver, Colorado, at the United Airlines Terminal. John worked on the multi-million dollar flight simulators where they trained pilots to fly for United. And he had access to the multi-million dollar flight simulators and was allowed in those days. He took us three and we got into the cockpit of the United Airlines multi-million dollar flight simulator. And I remember on September 3rd, 2001, around three o'clock in the morning, it was my turn to fly. And being from Jersey City, New Jersey, I got into the cockpit and I flew out of Newark, New Jersey. I flew over Jersey City, crossed the Hudson into New York around Central Park. And as I'm flying and it's rumbling and, you know, and all the sounds and everything's going on in the booth, I was just flying around and I started to head south towards the Twin Towers. They were standing there. And I remember in my heart just getting giddy and a little bored. And I said, I'm going to do this. And I took the plane and I flew it purposefully directly into the Twin Towers on September 3rd. 2001. Giggled, it was done. Eight days later, airplanes flew into the Twin Towers. I cried out to God and I asked the Lord, Lord, how is this even possible? We have four witnesses to this. How is this possible? And God said to me, Vincent, From this day forward, open your eyes, open your ears, listen to everything that comes out of your mouth, listen to every little joke you tell, listen to what you hear, watch. And I truly believe it was on that day that God sent me to be a watchman on the wall. And I've been watching since 9-11-2001 with that commission. And in 2003, I used to walk through parks and climb mountains with a shofar. And I used to get to the tops of mountains and I would sound the shofar. I would declare and prophesy and speak with nobody around but God and the holy angels. And I was walking through a park after dropping my daughter Danielle off at school. And it was a park by Lake Hodges. It was a big park. You could, go, you could go hiking back there and have all these trails. And God said to me that day, in February of 2003, he said, Vincent, 
Do not pray for America. She has crossed the point of no return. Rather, pray for the saints to navigate through what is coming. That was in 2003. God said, don't pray, and I never have, and I never will pray for America. They have offended and blasphemed the Father's heart. I have prayed for the church, probably not nearly enough, but I have prayed for the church, and I have watched since 2003 when God said they've crossed the point of no return. I have watched to see in these 18 years if America would come back. And we thought, or and it never did, it got further and further and further away, 2015, legalizing homosexual marriages. It just went further and further away from God. And then in 2016, well, maybe it's coming back to its greatness with Donald Trump, but it never did. All it did was become more violent. All it did was divide the nation even further. Donald Trump did not unify the nation. Joe Biden will not unify the nation. Donald Trump was a wedge to deepen that split because the collapse is near. America has never returned and it never will turn at the word of the Lord. It has crossed the point of no return. You're living in this country. I was navigated by the Holy Spirit to live where I live. When God said pray that the saints would be navigated We were navigated, and we live in an abundant life, right in a Goshen that God has provided for us, and I am so thankful. We've been guided, navigated, and the witness of that divine navigation is real. So then how shall we live, right? I want to leave you with this because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be very blessed. I'm going to reveal to you a mystery. I'm going to reveal to you a secret out of God's word for your life. Okay? I'm going to reveal the secret, a mystery for your life to be stable, to be filled with hope, Man, I've got a Bible study tonight. We have our Tuesday night Bible study. I wish the whole world of Christianity, all the brothers and sisters around the world could hear this message. We're going to be in a little living room with a few people. But man, do I have a message for tonight's Bible study. I've got a message tomorrow night, Wednesday, for Bible study as well out of the book of Revelation. Man, I can't wait for these two nights to come. But I've got something for you right now. In light of all that we have just talked about, I've got balance for you. Balance. There's a mystery unveiled, a secret revealed 
in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And if you have your Bible, you should turn there. And here's what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Paul the Apostle wrote, and he's writing this directly to you and I today in the present climate of the world in which we live. He said, for we know, in other words, there was no question, we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So if you're to break that down, what does he say? And Paul say, listen, we're all living, you see, you and I, we're not the flesh and blood that you see here. That's not us. We live in this house called a body. And what Paul was saying is if this house, this earthly house, were dissolved, this tabernacle that we, spirit, soul, live in. See, who you really are is your soul. My wife, Patricia, she used to knock on people's heads and say, hello, who's in there, right? Who's in there? Well, Paul was telling the believer who had been born again with the spirit of the Lord and having a soul that had been regenerated and purchased by the blood of Jesus, living in this body, he said, if it were to be dissolved, we have another house eternal in the heavens, right? Verse 2, for in this we groan. In what? In this tabernacle, in this body. We what? We groan. Now, come on, I'm getting to a mystery here. And that word groan is the stenazo, and it literally means we sigh. We're in straits. We, we, we just kind of are in a tough place. Don't you sigh in these bodies, the older you get especially, right? Or through the things that you go through in your life. He said, for in this we groan earnestly desiring. And I want to ask you a question. Do you have an earnest desire to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven? Think about it. Answer the question honestly. You're li- you, this glorious you. Your soul that needs to get cleaned up, worked out like mine, all of us do. Your spirit, the volition of God is in you. Energizing, strengthening, giving wisdom and life. and It's all there. Getting you washed up in your soul so you can look through the window of God's conscience to see things as they really are. Do you experience within you an, an earnest desire to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven? Oh, what kind of a body is God preparing for us? First Corinthians 15 tells us it's incredible. Okay? So we have this earnest desire. I hope you have it. If you haven't found it yet, find it in verse 3. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Let's put it in perspective. We live in this tabernacle, these flesh bodies. When we look in the mirror, that's not who we are. Who we are is our soul and spirit. That's the voice you're hearing, the way you're thinking, your mentality, your emotion, all the aspects and compartments of your soul just makes you up of who you are. Okay? And your spirit of God is in there. He's wanting to change us. 
from the inside out, right? So we desire to be clothed upon. So if we were to be dissolved and we didn't get a clothing, we'd be naked. And that's what he wrote in Revelation to the church. You're poor, wretched, blind, and naked. The Laodicean church was naked. And they didn't even know they were naked because they were living in such a way that wasn't affording them to be clothed. Verse 4. And here's the mystery. We're going to get to it. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Wow. That phrase there, being burdened, is the bareo. It means to be weighed down, to be depressed, to be heavy. Doesn't it feel that way sometimes? I mean, don't you... Grown for we that are in this tabernacle, we, us, the real us, spirit, soul, in this body, ugh, we groan, we're being burdened, right? We're sighing, we're depressed. I mean, we're just tired of being in this body. Our spirit and our soul is wanting expression. Wants to stand on tiptoes without stretched neck looking over the fence of our mortality, right? So we're, 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 we're being burdened, uh, not for that we would be unclothed. That's not the burden. We don't want to just be unclothed from this body. And that's what people do through suicide. Oh, if I'm, I'm just going to get out of this body. I can't stand it anymore. I'm going to kill myself. Boom, I'm going to go. But they'd be unclothed. Okay, so we're not burdened. We're not groaning to be unclothed. But clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. That mortality might be swallowed up of life. What does that mean? As a Christian, my Christianity is not lived out here. It shouldn't be. My faith, my Christian experience is happening on the inside in the transformation of my soul. With an ability that I've never had on my own, it's God's spirit. And my spirit, infused as one spirit, for he was joined to the Lord as one spirit. So God's Holy Spirit and my spirit, by being born again, are empowering my soul to be regenerated. That's all going on inside of me. It's, but out here in this physical body, it's a burden. I got to eat. I got to brush my teeth. I got to comb my hair. I got to wash my face. Oh, I get sick. I get tired. Blah, 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 blah. For a time when you're young, it's pretty cool, but... And Paul's saying that we want to be clothed upon so that mortality, this mortal body, right, will be swallowed up of life. And so the body we're going to receive, the tabernacle we're going to receive, our tabernacle from heaven, our body from heaven, is eternal, and there's no burden. It's going to be a body that our spirit and soul is so integrated with it that we flow. Right now, these bodies are kind of a wrestling match with the spirit of God, our spirit, and our soul. We wrestle against the flesh and the spirit, right? So these human impulses, these human desires, these human expressions, this flesh, this carnality, um, this mortal flesh, I mean, it's a burden because we can't just live in the spirit the way we want to because the flesh is in the way. And so we pick up our cross, we die to self, and we see great expressions of the Holy Spirit. It requires that sometimes, right? But we still have this thing going on. Verse 5 is the mystery. This is what I want to, I want to leave you with. 
This is what I want to leave you with. These next three verses. Now he that has wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. So God has begun this whole, begun this whole work in us, and he's given us the down payment of his Spirit. A foretaste. You just have a little bit, so do I. Okay? We have the Holy Spirit, the seal of God. We have the Holy Spirit. Verse 7 says, I mean, verse 6 goes on, Therefore, because we have God's Spirit in us, it's at work with our spirit in conjunction, regenerating, transforming the soul, who we really are, in these bodies of depression, right? These worn out things. Therefore, we are always confident, and I want you to be confident today. We are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, in this body, we are absent from the Lord. It's true. You and I, our soul and spirit, are in this body. We're absent from the Lord, okay, his body. And then he says this in verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. What is God saying to you and I living in this world at this time in these bodies? In your regenerate baptism, in your transformative life in the inside, in the glory of God inside of you, what God's doing on the inside of you. You're in this house, and it's kind of depressing. But you and I are absent from the Lord, which requires faith. See, I was sitting outside with my granddaughter last night in the sunny day, blue sky. And we looked up into the sky, and I said, Athena Grace, there's billions of stars up there, but you can't see them. I don't think she really got what I was saying, but she was looking, and I was looking. I was like, yep, there's stars, but that blue sky, you can't see them. But at nighttime before bed, stars were out everywhere. I took Athena in my arms. I said, look, there's the stars. They were always there, but you just couldn't see them. And the truth is that's our God. We know. See, our faith is part of a knowing. We know that those stars are always there. They don't disappear and go away. You just can't see them. But we just wait a little bit in faith and look up and the stars will be there because they're always there. And God is always there. He's here. He's everywhere in us. God. So Paul says we walk by faith while we're on earth in these bodies, absent from the Lord, okay, our soul and spirit being heavy burden, but inwardly, intrinsically, the faith in our spirit, in our soul, is always knowing God is here. God is here. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body. Wouldn't you rather be absent from this body, right? And to be present with the Lord. We'd rather be present with the Lord. Of course we would. But we don't want to be naked and unclothed. We want to be clothed upon with the body of his glory. The body of his glory. 
Folks, the day is coming. And Paul went on to say this in verse 9. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. It is critical that you and I live to be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. And knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. So, listen, it's a brief moment on this earth in these bodies. We have an eternal home in the heavens, brand new bodies, where our regenerate soul and born-again spirit is going to dwell in forever. It's going to be amazing. Can't even begin. Nothing. No headaches. No old age. No nothing. No tiredness. No toothaches. No headaches. No no disease. No sickness. Nothing. Forever. Eternally. Fathom that, right? I want to pray for Kathy Bruns. She's coming into my spirit right now. I want to kind of get out of here. I want to say good morning to those of you that are listening online today on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I see a a number of our friends out here on chat room, Uh, but I want us to do something right now before we go any further. Kathy Bruns from South Dakota, she calls in here oftentimes. Hi, Athena. Want to come up and say hello to everybody? Huh? All right. There you are. So Kathy Bruns needs prayer, and she's in the hospital and she's had some complications in her body, and they're trying their best to stabilize her. And I want to pray supernatural prayer right now. I'm going to ask you, especially those at New Wine Ministry, start interceding for Kathy Bruns. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for Kathy. We ask you to deliver her and set her free and heal her. We're asking in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, And we're thanking you right now, Father, that you will bypass every stumbling block, every problem going on in her body, and that you will touch it and you will heal it in Jesus' name. Kathy Bruns, be made whole in the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed. Come up and come out of that hospital totally restored in Jesus' name. Name, amen, and amen. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. All right, so I'm going to let you down, sweetheart. i got to take some calls. Go over here. Let me take some calls. And let's get this worked out better. All right, this is your time to speak into the broadcast if you would like to. The number to call is 818-369-0326. I see Brother Mark is on the line. I don't know how long he's been there. Brother Mark, good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Well, good morning, Pastor V. Good morning, morning, Athena Grace. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying for Kathy. Uncle Mark says good morning, Athena. Well, sir, I'd like to speak... uh, I, I agree with you 100% about how fruitless it would be to pray for the United States of America. 
kind of a lost cause spiritually. It, it's sad, but it's true. But that's not really why I'm calling. I wanted to address something that you were telling us about in church and on the air, where you made some very instructive comments about the seven heads of the beast. Um, I'm just going to go over something really quickly, and then I'd, I'd like to tell you my opinion. Um, you made mention corporations in the United States of America. Corporations are one of the seven heads of the beast in that corporations, their greed, corporate greed, completely promotes evil and sin. Um, governments is another head, another one of the seven heads. Governments legislate evil. They legislate sin. As, as you've spoken many times, they have already legislated homosexuality. They've made uh, abortion legal. Uh, just some ridiculous stuff. Uh, the entertainment industry is another one of the seven heads. The entertainment industry completely puts imagery of evil in front of children and adults. Education, education systems completely teach evil. They, they teach relativism. They teach that homosexuality is okay. Just a whole bunch of ridiculous stuff. The healthcare industry is another one of the seven heads in that they actually financially reward disease and they promote their sorcery by promoting drugs instead of looking at and understanding the true nature of disease, which is spiritual illness. That Religion is great. Is a, yeah. Oh, thank you, sir. Religion that was just, is another... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, Vince. I just wanted to say that I, I didn't make that connection, and I, I should have, but you just brought out the reality of the health industry. I, I wasn't really putting it together, but through the health pharmaceutical industry, the sorcery has gone forth for buy their pharmacia, right? All nations received. Great yes, point. Sir. Please go on. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. Religion is another huge head of the beast in that religion and Karl Marx was right religion is the opiate of the people in that religion in its doctrine false doctrine and mechanisms and legalities takes the attention of the people away from the light of the Lord and puts the attention of the people on doctrine on mechanisms and on legalities and then finally, last but not least, technology is absolutely the infrastructure of sin. Technology is the roads and the bridges and the skyscrapers of sin and of evil. And now I'm going to make my point. Every one of these seven heads of the beast has access to our young people through technology. Every one of these seven heads of the beasts makes itself known and has a direct channel of communication with our young people via the smartphone. It's the smartphone that people are holding in front of their face as they're walking down the sidewalk. It's the smartphone that young people are holding in front of their face as they're riding their bicycles or even driving their car. My prayer would not be for America. My prayer would be for the Holy Spirit to somehow speak louder to our smart people than the smartphones can speak. And it sounds far-fetched and it sounds like a long shot. But that would be my prayer, that our young people can be touched by the Holy Spirit instead of by the smartphone. And in the name of Jesus, that's my prayer today. 
Absolutely brilliant. Well said, Brother Mark. I couldn't agree more. That was absolutely perfect. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Smartphones making people dummies. I can't handle that. All right. Praise God. God, give us our brains back. Hey, we've got another call coming in right now. Area code 479-321. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Vincent. How are you? I'm super blessed, highly favored, and overcoming in the name of Jesus. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I just thought of, uh, recently I thought of how to pray for people like George Soros. Okay. I pray that they experience the fear of the Lord. Hmm. That's good. And uh, fear his name. And I know that's not very gracious, I guess, but really, if, if he doesn't respond to the fear of the Lord, I pray that he gets the dread of the Lord upon him. But uh, I just recently found out that there's, he's got a successful Let's do the same type of thing he is. A widow of uh, the man that started Apple, she is spending billions of dollars on George Soros type things. So is that Steve Jobs that actually started Apple? I, I don't know. Is that Steve Jobs? That yeah, I, I don't remember if her name is Lauren or what, but she's she's spending Steve Jobs' uh, millions on on uh, continuing George Soros' legacy. Yeah, and that kind of ties know. in. Yeah. That ties into but, what Mark uh, was just saying about the seven heads, the corporations, the business, the money powers in the world using their influence, yeah. their money to influence legislation and everything else. I agree. She doesn't know that those billions that she hasn't spent yet is going to go through the ecclesia. <laughs> Amen. Amen. A, a transfer hey. of wealth. I agree with you. I Thank you very much. I just wanted right. to say that. Amen. And there's nothing American about that. That's a biblical reality, right, Phil? That's right. That's right. Amen. And that money that they that she's spending in the wrong way is going to go over to the kingdom. Okay. I'll even accept it into my bank bank account. Amen. Let's open our accounts up. <laughs> Say. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, have brother, a good thank day. You. Good talk. You too. Love you. I, God bless I like, you. Uh, I like the idea that if Athena is your granddaughter, isn't it? Yeah. She's precious. She's got. She's got excellent love, love. Yes. You can really hit that when she's anywhere. I'm yeah. Joking around. I'll, I'll let you go. <laughs> okay, Phil. Thank you so much. So, uh, again, Phil just called in. If you have any questions or comments about what you heard today, the number to call is 818-369-0326. We've got a few minutes left in the broadcast, about 20. I want to head over to our chat room and say good morning to Cindy. God bless you, Cindy. I think I need some extra help up here. I'm not sure, but we may need to do a, a, a retake or something. Remember you told me I could do that, and I still, okay. Brenda Torville, good morning, Brenda. God bless you uh, from Missouri. Marilyn Noble, good to see you, Marilyn. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, Lola Jarman, good to see Lola today. Numbers 26, 24 to 26. We need to read that. Carol Carey calling in. Virginia, good morning, Carol. David Ellison, haven't heard seen you in a long time. Dave, trust you're doing well. God bless you, my friend. 
I'm seeing Melissa Fletcher is with us today. Hello, Melissa. God bless you. That's Pastor Melissa Fletcher. Can't wait to come up to your neck of the woods and minister the word of God up there. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Charlotte Gotch calling today, also from Fallon, Missouri. Charlotte, good morning to you. Uh, Lola Jarman gave us a amen, brother. One King. Vanessa KM, good morning, Pastor. Happy Independence Day for all faithful Christian American people. Declaration is one faith believes in God. Very sad to see not even a words of praise, thanksgiving, God would has been blessed. Amen. It should have been super given over to the Lord, right? I'm seeing uh, Denny Sossaman. Good morning, Pastor Vincent and fellow saints of God listening on the road, heading home. God willing, but we'll be with you soon. Amen. We've missed you guys so much. God bless you. Just wasn't the same without you. Uh, I'm seeing Felicia DeVore is with us today. Good morning, Felicia. God bless you. And welcome to the broadcast. Keith Carey, I'm here. Good morning. Win one more for Jesus. Goal each day. Holy Spirit within us speaks and may give a word about someone to pray for them right then. Arizona knew about breach. Okay, Keith, lots of good information there. Autumn Nichols, many protesters were paid by George Soros and the evil cabal. No doubt about that, Autumn. The right just wants to raise their family. We don't want to fight, but we must stand and defend. Yeah, because if you don't, when good people do nothing, evil prevails. That's the word of God. Nancy Luden is with us. I never realized that was written. Yeah. Laquita, good morning, Pastor. Good morning to you, Laquita. And Nancy Luden, um, I know the name. And again, I want to welcome you to the broadcast. Remember, you could call in, share your thoughts, let your voice be heard. 818-369-0326. Autumn Nichols said, I couldn't even sing proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. I'm proud to be an American, but greatly question my freedom. Yeah, right on, Autumn. Uh, Brenda Torville, truth was spoken. Vanessa KM, I respect your opinion very much, Pastor. A few weeks ago, you mentioned on the day of taking power presidents, uh, that was the best time turn over the power. The people who knows what's right should fight for righteous. Be bold. Amen, Vanessa. All right, well, God bless you. Let's keep fighting for what is, you know, our battle as Christians is a spiritual battle in the first place. To that, there's no doubt. Uh, Vanessa, absolutely right. Autumn Nichols, preach it. Vanessa, thank you. Sean Woodson, hello, my brother and sisters in Jesus Christ. Hello, Pastor Vincent. Hello, Sean. Haven't heard from you in a long time, sir. Good to see you back with us today. Vanessa, Christians should fight towards rebellious government. Jesus died for us. If you love much your country, die the way Christ sacrificed for himself. Safe yourself from the devil's socialist China. Is that a mouthful right there? Callie, Callie, this is John Blevins. I love you, brother. Hey, John, we love you too, man. Good to see you. Trust you're doing well, standing strong. I think God has a great plan for your life. I think he's working things out on your behalf. Stay patient, okay? Just a few more days. Amen. Uh, I miss you. Look forward to seeing you all. God bless New Wine Ministry. Thank you, John. We're looking forward to seeing you too. And then we have a lot of hellos. And Keith Carey, thank you for refocusing back to God's word, Isaiah 2.4. Vanessa said, hallelujah, have mercy on those hypocrite religious judgment will be done. Ooh, mamma mia. <laughs> okay. So waiting for your call. We'd love to hear your voice out there today. All you got to do is dial 818 369 0326. And then they'll tell you if you want to talk, press one on your dial pad. All right. Isaiah 2.6, Keith Carey says, because they are filled with influences from the East and they are soothsayers like the Philistines, they strike bargains with the children of foreigners. America now, 
Probably so. Brenda Torville, so true. Thank you, Pastor, for preaching the truth. Yes, it is. Thank you, Brenda, for the heads up. Cindy, awesome. Can't wait. Vanessa, amen. Kevin, good morning, Pastor V and my brothers and sisters. Kevin Hauger, good morning to you, sir. Terry Shannon, hello, Brenda Torville. All right. Hello, Vincent and Patricia. Hello, Terry. Good to see you. Sean Hoback, we can't hear the caller. Uh-oh, not that again. Sorry about that, Sean. Uh, Brenda Torville, hello, Terry. Carol, background noise from your home. Yep, that's the baby. Praise the Lord. Denny, we could not hear a phone call from Mark or the next call. We can hear you clearly. What is that? We'll figure it out. Bethany Bass, I can't hear Mark. Sorry about that. I don't know why. Let's see why that would have happened. Don't know. Don't know unless I come here. And, well, it's a little late now. Okay. So, anyways, we had two great calls from Brother Mark and Brother Phil. They were great calls. It looks like our time here on the air is done. And so I wanted to share with you, those of you that have supported the ministry financially, we are making a payment today, about $700, and we're going to have all bills paid. I want to thank you for those of you who gave what you did this month. I'm sorry that I had to let you know what was going on, but please remember every month we are wanting to pay the bills so that we can continue to do what we do. If anybody out there just absolutely loves this ministry and you want to support it, just to say, here's a blessing. Thank you for doing that as well. God bless you. That's from the Father's heart. And so we're going to continue on. We'll see you tomorrow right here on this radio station. I have something special for you right now. If you have time, you're driving down the road, you're going to podcast out, go to omegaradio.org omegaradio.org of a very special roundtable discussion with Patricia Joy Xavier in a roundtable group out of her book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. That's on right now. Just go to omegaradio.org. And remember, if you would like to support this radio ministry, you can go to a number of different places. You can go to omegaradio.org. There's a donation tab. You could go to nwmglobal.org, and I'll put that one on the air right now. That's not it. It's right here. You can give it nwmglobal.org under the donations tab. I just had a friend call me last week, and he said that he sent $500 for the new studio. I don't know where he sent it. We haven't received it. So if you're out there, brother, and you know who I'm talking to, uh, thank you for that studio gift, but as of yet, we have not seen that in any of the places it would show up. So uh, let's make sure that that is in the right direction, okay? I uh, just wanted to let you know. But that's for the radio station, the new studio that we're trying to put together, and um, that's a whole different thing than just paying the bills right now. And uh, so you can give there, nwmglobal.org, under the donations tab. You could also send a gift to the ministry by mail. And, you know, I've known people to send gold and silver to some ministries. I don't know if anybody wants to do that or not. If you do, God bless you. Uh, But you can send it to P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. It's on the screen. Once again, P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. And these are just ways to give, and I was told you have to keep saying these things so that we could have the needs met at least, okay? So that's what we're doing, and um, that's it. Oh, there's another way you could do this on the phone, but I'll share that with you tomorrow. 
Have a blessed day. Right now, omegaradio.org, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here it is, Patricia Joy Xavier.